Welcome back to Start Spreading the News. Live for us, pre-recorded for you guys. We are coming to you with seven Yankee games to talk about. We got the three-game series in Cleveland, four-game series at home, won the first, split the second. I'm here with Jaco Jalva from Stanford, Connecticut, and Jacob Gruber from beautiful Los Angeles, California. I'm coming to you from New Brunswick. How are we doing, boys? Fantastic. Uh, I hope the uh, the listeners' scheduled isn't out of whack. We're coming a day late, but uh, you know, typically we like to do Sunday night. But no, Monday night, uh, I'm ready to roll. We got a lot of a lot of Yankee games to recap, like Dimar mentioned. So uh, so let's get started. No, it's great. Garrett Cole's a beast, and we're rolling again. You know, too. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I was thinking about this because yesterday after the Cole game which I guess we'll talk about last. I was feeling so good. And I was thinking about how much worse I would feel coming into this podcast episode if the twin series was reversed and the Cole series or the great Cole game started it. And then we just sort of petered out with the Johnny Brito game. But, you know, winning two in a row at the end of the series, you just feel good. And instead of sort of like, ooh, we had a series that was like in the palm of our hand and, and we let it get away, it feels like, Okay, we salvaged that series, and now we're on to a uh, home series against the Angels. So yeah, that's a good uh, lesson for all times. for all the Yankees fans. Just it's a long season; don't overreact. Like you know, if this had been flipped, we our mindset would be totally different, and like everything balances out. So just just relax; it's Yankees all good. Yankees and the Twins are both depleted. None of them have, we're both missing five starters. This isn't even a real. You know what I mean? But Lopez looks like that was crazy. Lopez and Cole. That's going to be a playoff matchup because I don't see the Guardians winning. That's. That's one thing we can't even. Well, I don't know when we play the Twins next, but um, hopefully we're all fully healthy. It'll be a fun series because we match up pretty pretty well. You know, they have a good offense, they have good, they have a good closer. So, I certainly hope it's a playoff series because I feel like if we play the Twins in the playoffs, then the ghosts will come out and everything will be fine. But Dude, we will you never get to know. Don't jinx it, man. It's, we'll get uh... to the Twins later. First, there's a lot of sort of influx that has happened in the past uh, week or so that I want to get to. Uh, first, we have the unfortunate recent news, Giancarlo Stanton, he is hurt. Um, he's hurt every year. He finds new ways to get hurt. Uh, this time he was running to second, I think, and, and, uh, and he came up limp. Uh, so he's out for, I would guess, they've said like four to six weeks. I'm going to say probably two months, um, and that creates a hole in the Yankees lineup, obviously, not just because he's a great hitter, but like that's literally a huge RBI spot. Like the four spot is big. And he was kind of rolling. I was feeling really good about where Stanton was so far this year. Yeah. I mean, you can't make it up. He it's just every single year you can set your clock to it. It's 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 frustrating, but like it comes with the territory, you know, it, you get what you pay for and uh, it's a shame because he was really in one of those zones. He was hitting really well, uh, producing in this lineup. So it, it's going to hurt. But, um, I, you know, as long as he's back healthy and, yeah, I, you said two months, I, I could live with that, get him right in the summer, and then hopefully this is it. This is it. We'll have him for the home stretch. We'll have him for the playoffs. Um, but all he could do now is hope. He's getting up there in age, so – we will see, but uh, no, it it definitely hurts. Oh, it's brutal, but I mean, yeah, like you guys said, I mean, it happens every year. It's uh, it's not fun. I mean, the guy is like 
he would have 700 home runs if he was healthy. It's just, it's hopefully it's, I think he'll get 500 for sure. Um, but it just, you got to feel bad for him. Nice guy, you know. I don't know. If he's in shape too. Like that's the worst part, right? It's not like he's like Daniel Vogelbach. Like this guy somehow I don't know. I don't get it. You know, freak injury. It's really he's in the like peak shape. Like exactly. unreal. Dude, like what dude, I don't dude. understand about this is like, how did he get hurt running? Like he doesn't run. He wasn't yeah, and it was on that he wasn't like play. booking it to second. Like what I know. It was on that weird play where everyone thought it was gone, including Michael Kay. And he kind of just walked out of the box and then was like, Oh shoot. And then I guess maybe the the off to on i don't know it was, it was bizarre frustrating. it's frustrating but we had to move on oswaldo is up and or yeah oswaldo no wait oswald oswald oswald, oswald. oswald. Yeah. I, in my head i said oswald i said oswaldo out loud but yeah. you know not that this he's is not gonna take oswald us maybe a month or so and i think soon like everyone will know exactly who oswaldo is and oswald it's just it's already not a common name yeah and there's two of them with only one letter of of uh, variation so but, yeah um, and then quick other things we can just hit on what you want to hit on, uh, in terms of injuries for the position players, uh, LeMahieu missed a handful of games this week. Uh, he played the last, I think three, um, or no, he played the two. last, two. um, and I think he missed, uh, four this week, which is not ideal, but the fact that he played the last two is good. Um, Josh Donaldson is headed for a rehab assignment and should be back Wednesday. You could also say that's not ideal. but um, And then Harrison Bader, I think a rehab assignment is on the horizon. Uh, so he's probably headed um, to center field again probably the week after this week, I think. Um, which of those sticks out as something that you guys want to keep on the radar? I'm definitely excited for Bader. Um, obviously, he had that really good playoff run. Um, I think he... He got a lot of Yankee fans excited. I think we do have to kind of temper the expectations. He he's not like that much of a power hitter as he showed in the in the playoffs. But no, I think his speed will will him like paired with Volpe on the bases is going to be really fun. Um, and other than that, I mean DJ, it sucked to see him out of the lineup. Great that he's back now, and uh, and Donaldson uh, he can stay. Her I so I don't mind not having him in the lineup to be honest. Yeah, no, it's Donaldson. I mean, we're going to need the righty bat. I mean, then again, not really. I mean, we have so many righties, right, with everybody. Now we have Peraza, but hopefully Peraza wins the job from him, right? I, I, so that's kind of like the mindset of a lot of Yankee fans, right? But we're not like a job, right? No, I would like it. I would like it if if he took the job from him. I don't think he'll have the chance. Uh, yeah. I I can't see what would keep them from sending Peraza back down when Donaldson comes back, which is why I'm confused about why they brought him up in the first place. But um, only Rodon, the Rodon thing's the only one that's really, really kind of troubling me though. Like honestly, like the hit, the hitting, like the, and I know like we have a lot of batters injured, but like the, like Carlos, man, like what's going on there. It's a little scary. I would say I'm a little troubled by LeMahieu missing four or five for that stretch. I know he's back now and he's he looks back. great. I just, I really, I don't like that, and I don't know what that is. I hope it's a case of the Yankees are being like super cautious because he hasn't played a postseason game in the last two seasons. But um, yeah, the way he was handled was played. a little bit uh, mysterious. Like yeah. they kept saying, "Oh, he'll be back, he'll be back," and he just kept not being the lineup, and they weren't saying anything. So it was concerning. But now that he's back, hopefully he's hundred um, percent. 
I'd be concerned if he sucked yesterday. Yeah. That Seriously, is the I other would, thing. He's yeah. he's looked good pretty much every time he's played, so that's encouraging. And yeah. then the pitchers, uh, we have Rodon and Sevi are both throwing. They're in a throwing program, but they're still several weeks away. I think the prognosis for both of them is hopefully mid-May. Um, and then we don't have any update on uh, Trevino, who is on the 15-day, not the 60-day. Um, and we're getting to the point where it's a little questionable why he would be on the 15-day because he's already missed about, what, 15 days? It'll be another 15. I don't know. It's just uh, things are things are getting weird there, and we haven't had an update there in a second. Of course, also on the uh, 15 days work that because he's always on the 15 The ghost of Ben Rudd. <laughs> yes, the person who's allegedly known as Ben Workbet. Um, so those are the injuries. And then just a small note, Colton Brewer will, uh, sort of play into some of the games in this series. He was just sent down for Weiser. He accepted assignment though. So we might see him again. Um, sort of weird. I don't really understand what we're doing with Colton Brewer. We traded for him, but we only traded cash considerations and we don't seem to value him. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, maybe it was one of those things like Cashman just kind of taking a flyer on him and. He got here, and you kind of you know what you have in the building, and he's like, eh, eh, maybe he's not what we thought. So I don't know. Hopefully, he can produce, but we will see. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting week of baseball for us. Really interesting. All right, so let's get to the Guardian series. Um, first game was the three-two loss. Um, we got off to a great start off Shane Bieber. We got guys on. Uh, I think it was a Glaber double first at bat, I want to say. Um, then Stanton hit, I think, two guys in. Um, and then not a lot went well after that. Uh, this was the uh, Herman game. He really struggled to find the zone. Uh, he only gave up one earned run, but he, he, really, he really struggled. I think he only pitched, yeah, three innings. And then Colton Brewer and Ian Hamilton combined for five innings, only gave up one run. Uh, Hamilton wasn't quite as sharp as Brewer, but um, that's a pretty good outing from the bullpen, especially from sort of the B-list guys, or I don't know, the D-list guys on the bullpen. Um, And they kept us in the game, and the offense just said, uh, no thank you, Um, because they were not really interested in mounting like any real attacks. The one really good shot was when Glaber hit that triple, which was really like a single that Straw misplayed started the inning on third base, and then Judge Rizzo Stanton all failed to get him in. So uh, what were your takeaways, starting with the bad, because it's a loss from uh, the game one, 3-2 loss to the Guardians? Yeah, I mean, Domingo's got to give us more. And I know that the following series against the Twins, we'll talk about that. It was a good outing. But you can't have this up and down. It's like three innings is you're going to torch our bullpen and luckily they came in and they, they saved them uh, five innings, one run, which is phenomenal by the bullpen. But I mean, if Domingo is going to give you three innings and then seven and then three, like you just can't have it. It, it, You can't be a reliable starter in the league if, uh, if you're going to do that. So that's definitely down. And the hitting was also lackluster. Um, I think what, like, they had five or six hits, which is fine, but two runs when when your bullpen saves the day and only gives up three, it hurts. But uh, 
No, I think Domingo is the main low of this game. He's the oddest pitcher I've ever seen for the Yankees. Like, you have five walks, no strikeouts. Then who knows if he really cheated or not? I don't know what was going on. But um, then he just strikes. But he has those games every year, right? He has these crazy – he's not a huge strikeout pitcher, but – like just the way he's so errant sometimes is he's so on or off. It just but three, it's just it's unbelievable. It because you look at his stats and it's not really like it's kind of balanced out the inning, like when he starts, and then you look, but if you look game logs, it's some of the weirdest game logs you'll see. So I mean, but he I guess if you law of averages, you get what you get from Domingo. He's a good he's not a good fifth, he's a fifth starter. It's I mean, or a fourth starter. I guess he's why you know he's ahead of you know, I guess he's a third starter if he was actually he's ranking. Third, yeah. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking like, you know, in my head he's I'm supposed like, to be our fifth, but he's a third. Yeah, I give yeah, but he's our third. Look, the fact that we're not like oh and like 18 is kind of a, or whatever we win a nester in cold games is kind of a miracle, right? Because this is crazy stuff, man. This is this yeah. is crazy. Herman was pretty much like as bad as as I've seen him recently, like this was, this was really rough. Um, and yeah. you know, he has, I'm sort of a Herman defender just because his curveball is so good. And mm-hmm. it's the kind of pitch that really can play as a starter or reliever. Um, it's the kind of pitch that you can like create an MLB career around. And, um, and he's had a lot of success with it. And then he also has his lows and his lows look really ugly. Um, now, the offense really, I think, was even more troubling than Herman for me in this game because, you know, we start really well. We have uh, the early run against Beaver, but we should have gotten more out of that. And then um, we basically shut down the rest of the game. And even though Herman was terrible, uh, we kind of weathered that storm because of how well Brewer and Hamilton pitched, especially Brewer. So, like, you got to... In that situation where the bottom of your bullpen is giving you like five good innings, five innings, one run, you got to do a little bit more there. And the Yankee bats just sort of blanked. Um, And again, I'm not like super concerned about uh, the roster, but it is this unfortunate thing of where like some people are injured and our bench is kind of empty. And that gives a lot of at bats to uh, the, the IKFs, the Willie Calhouns and, you know, Willie Calhoun had some nice contact at some points, but like he shouldn't be getting the kinds of at bats that he's getting right now. Um, so the offense is sort of where the uh, the the uh, the concern is for me from this game. These yep. games happen. I'm not so worried, honestly. These games happen. Three two. I mean, it's a tough. You slug it out. Tough weekend. You come out. You know, it's not gonna. It, it, the yeah. Guardians are a pesky team, right? It's it's a it's. It is what Guardians it is. Guardians are so annoying. They're, yeah. Pesky team. Silver linings, apart from the bullpen, uh, Glaber was still really on fire. He had two extra base hits. Um, so happy to see that from him. Game two, we had a really nice bounce back. Uh, we had Cole on the mound up against Hunter Gaddis, who is uh, very inexperienced at the major league level. Uh, we got an, a nice 11-2 win. We fell behind early. Cole was in a little bit of first inning trouble, but then everything sort of clicked into place. Um, I believe this was the game where every single starter got a hit, which is always nice, sort of the inverse of yesterday or of the previous game. And uh, the headlines were, once again, Franchi Cordero looking really good, a huge three-run home run, and um, Rizzo 
also two RBIs, two hits, and LeMahieu playing again, also two hits. So what were uh, your most positive takeaways from that game? Yeah, this was a super fun game. Uh, like you said, Cole kind of fell behind early and a little concerning, but no, he gutted through it. He ended up just with seven uh, seven innings and only three strikeouts, which was a little weird, but uh, obviously nothing to be concerned about with Cole. Um, no, I, I mean, there wasn't like a specific standout. I think the Franchi home run was fun and, and the fact that everyone that started got a hit. Uh, but I feel like, you know, we don't need to harp too much on this game. It was super fun overall. And, uh, and it's always nice to get those, you know, double digit wins and, and you don't have to worry about messing with the bullpen or you don't have to worry about much. So no, it's overall fun game. And, uh, I wish there were more like that. This was a great game because they didn't play Volpe and it really helped him out. So, and we won the game and this guy has been, I mean, he hasn't lit the world on fire, but to my mind, he has been just stellar since that game in my, just the way he's just been playing, even though he's not getting, I think he's got like a hit every game maybe, but stealing bases. I just, I'm very happy that Boone sat him for a game. He needed that reset because he was not, he got really cold. And you can't you can't let these people go too cold, and then they can if you if that batting average drops below one hundred, man, like I don't know how you get it up mentally. Yeah, who knows? A day off could reset like everything mentally, physically, and a young guy like that, it it, it could go a long way in kind of getting his mind right and t- kind of taking the pressure off. You know, it's not you don't have to come in every day and and light the world on fire, like you said. Just take it day by day. And uh, that day off did it proved to be pretty beneficial so far. So he has a hit in every game. Yep, he is. He's yeah. He's, yeah, he's on a five game average, one twenty nine to one ninety one. Pretty good. I'm I'm not, and I don't think the Yankees are in any way worried about Volpe. Like even when he was in the worst of it, like it's just he's he's in the infancy of his MLB career. I'm I'm totally confident that he'll he'll figure things out. Um, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a good idea for him to get some rest. I agree. Uh, And really for me, I loved what I saw from Cole here because this was not Cole with his A stuff. It was the worst we've seen from Cole stuff wise. He got hit a little bit early and um, he still grinded Like that's what you want your ace to do. He, he doesn't have his stuff. Right. And he still gives you seven strong two earned runs. Like that's a really good performance. Um, And it's a really good performance against, a team that's kind of hard and annoying to pitch against. Um, and they don't swing and miss a lot. And that's sort of what Cole's game is, right? Like he's a he's a power pitcher. He's a strikeout pitcher. And finding ways to get outs. He had, I think, two double plays in this game. Like he was just, he was doing a really good job. Um, his fastball wasn't quite what he wanted it to be, but he was finding other ways to get outs. And, um, and I was really impressed with that. And it's just like, it's fun when like we, you have a Willie Calhoun RBI, you have like the Franchi Homer, you have just like everything is everything's cooking. So I almost um, crashed my car during that. It's crazy because so of the excited. Willie Calhoun. Yeah, I was in traffic and I was just like I was I listened to, to Johnny Sterling and yeah, very very exciting to. I mean, Willie's cooled down. I mean, look, he never was hot, right? So it's like for you know, it's not, he's not Franchi. I mean, he Franchi cooled down, but what do we expect from Franchi? He's a career Mendoza hitter, but. Um, exciting for Willie. Exciting. Happy that these guys they have the lefties up and they're gonna need to be playing, man. Two out with two more outfielders, and Willie even got a little bit of right field action this week. So didn't do anything yeah. terrible. I don't 
that recall, but um, yeah, Willie, he's had an uh, a stretch where like he hit the ball pretty well in Cleveland, but it wasn't a lot of hits. But you know, he's he's just not really a great major league player historically. I will say, I do think that Stanton getting hurt is good for Willie because he's not really a defender. So opening up the DH spot so there's not a consistent DH can only help him in terms of his chances of staying on the team. Um, yeah, so you gotta I'm, still not, it's an, I'm still not sure it's enough, but it can only help him. He has to hit. He has to hit. That's it, period. That's stop, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Seventeen's fine. Especially, especially if you're not a good defender and you're not fast, you have to hit. That's all you can bring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so then we have game three. This is the final game of the of the. Oh, I almost said season. That would have been wild. Final game of the series. Uh, this was the one where it started off really weird with that Aaron Boone ejection. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Clark Schmidt again, not terrific. Um, Yankees though found a way and bailed him out. They have that nice bomb that turned out to only be a single by Higgy. They have the Franchi homer late. And then we have Oswaldo playing some hero ball with the RBI single off Class A in the ninth. Uh, what stands out to you guys about this game? For me, it was that Oswaldo uh, coming through in the end. That that was really good to see. Uh, I just I love Oswaldo. He brings such a positive attitude. He's always uh, cheering everyone up, and the versatility like it's really inval- It's so valuable to this team. Um. But yeah, I mean, Clark, I'm starting to lose patience with Clark. And luckily, it seems like some of these starters are going to, um, like some of the starters on the IL are going to come back soon. And it really it can't come soon enough because it's it's getting frustrating. I know we'll talk about the, the, I was supposed to only highlight the good, but like Clark is really, uh, he is concerning me. And it it's just, it's annoying. That's it. That's really it. Great bullpen performance. Michael King is back, and he had a great game yesterday. I think, um, or right, that was yesterday. He also he, he right, uh, two days ago. Two days ago, yeah. See, like all these games blended together. I, I actually, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, he's if he's playing. I, I mean, I am so high on Michael King still. You know, I really think that this guy is. I know he just now his ERA is back under two, but it he had a couple of rough start, rough appearances early, but. It, the guy's coming off a bad injury, right? So it's exciting. And uh, Marinaccio again, Clay Holmes, you know, skirting out of damage. Um, Wandy Beralta, Wandy, classic. You know, he's our best reliever right now. So it's it's a good showing from the bullpen. I mean, we we'll, we have more to discuss about the bullpen for sure. But um, you know, not such great things. But you know, it's a, this was a good performance from them. And Clark will join them soon. You know, he will not be a starter for long unless he somehow has an amazing start, which I hope he does. Yeah, and we've gone over the splits already. Like he's a much better relief pitcher than he's a starting pitcher. Um, he can't really face a lineup the second time through. You yeah. see it. That's why he's always in these like three and two thirds, four and a third. Like he's turning in these starts because he's getting dinged up by the lineup the second time. Yeah. Um, and you know that's unfortunate, but it does it does mean if you can't figure that out, then you're not long for the uh, the world of starting pitching, even if you're a decent pitcher. Uh. I do think like the highlights are one Franchi just <laughs> I don't know I I am not at the place where I'm like Franchi Cordero is is working his way into being like a Gio Urshela or something but like 
his uh his ceiling i guess is that he could be he could be a left-handed bat uh for this team that needs left-handed bats and i still think we probably want a different person in the outfield for like the stretch but franchi could work his way into like a solid number of at bats over the next uh two three months and if he does well there then he might have a job i don't know um and oswaldo i mean you said it oj he's just he's the man who, Great. who is a yankee fan that doesn't love oswaldo career like he's he's almost like exactly what yankee fans have been missing which is like a young fun guy who's like confident who brings swagger he has the multi-positional skills like he's just he's a gift yeah um, exactly and speaking of that young energy i mean this was Volpe's first uh, game leading off, and he came through. He got a nice hit, and this was kind of – we alluded to it before, but this was the start of that hitting streak. So uh, that was really good to see, and, and who knows? He might might stick in that leadoff spot, much to the uh, – I, I don't know if dismay to, of DeMart, but uh, I don't know if you want that, or we can discuss that later. But uh, no, it was good to see him thrive in the leadoff spot. Bones yeah, we'll hit that game. later. He he crushed that. That was like a home run in a lot of ballparks. But yeah, Minnesota has some uh some high fences in some weird places. But um, as good as the bullpen was, and the bullpen was really good, primarily Ron King and Wandy, especially King who had the two inning uh, role there. Uh, Clay Holmes, uh, he made things way more interesting than it needed to be, uh, and it made me kind of look into his numbers and clay hasn't been, I said that I was, uh, I was back. I trusted clay Holmes again last week. Um, not because of this game, but this, this game showed the signs. I am not there anymore. Clay Holmes. Uh, and also I looked at the splits, like clay Holmes hasn't been like the clay Holmes that we want clay Holmes to be consistently since like last June he's had, and he was okay in September, but he was, he was rough in july and august and he was inconsistent in october last year so clay holmes he he needs to find his consistency the problem in pittsburgh for him was walks and he was he was kind of all over the place here there was that moment where it looked like he just couldn't find the zone and you know he he found it in time but uh it was a was a chapman like experience in cleveland in uh in the ninth uh (laughs) And yeah, he just no, pulled out of the tail dive in time. Yeah, yeah, it almost gave me a heart attack. It's like last week we were we were really praising him, and, and we as we should have. He looked really good, and like you said, I, we kind of claimed him back. But this this outing really spooked me, and I'm not as convinced. You said the the walks. That's like the most frustrating thing when a reliever comes in and just cannot throw strikes. I, I mean, we can't have that out of a closer. Um, and it's something that he's got to fix. And I have faith in Clay, but um, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna ever see like that. The first half of last season, Clay, he was just like the best closer in the game. I, I'm not. Which we don't convinced. need to. That was like freak. Right. Like right. he he has to be closer to that than the guy who was like, you know, the eight ERA guy from from August or whatever it was. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't have I don't have zero faith in Clay Holmes, but. Suffice it to say, if he doesn't have an excellent month, the upcoming month, coming for a couple of weeks, let's just start trying out new guys. Let's just start figuring it out. I mean, I 
you do need a closer. It's like closer by committee. It never really works. Look at all these teams that win World Series. They always have a guy back there, even if it's one year. Even if Daniel Hudson's your closer. He never been closed a season before, but he's the Nationals closer 19, right? You Everybody, you need a guy you can trust back there because knowing you're, it's all mental. And it's like, look at the yips, right? We talked about Daniel Barr. He actually, he actually just had a great outing in AAA, but which hopefully gets called up soon or not called up, but it's activated from the uh, minor or activated from the IL. But it's a really tough, it's the hardest job in baseball besides being a catcher. I think might be being a relief pitcher because it is, you got to throw strikes and so many people have, that's the biggest, uh, it's the most, it's the largest roster uh, cluster on a team. So there's so many people competing. And I, I mean, maybe you try Michael King, maybe try Marinaccio. Um, maybe if it's like you've like a lefty, righty, lefty, you throw Wandy. I don't know, but you got to have a guy. You um, need an Emmanuel class. Who? Yeah. I wish we could get an Emmanuel <laughs> Uh, just off the top of your head, who's the person you trust most with the game on the line in the Yankees bullpen right now? Clay Holmes, maybe. Honestly, really, I think yeah. Wandy. I think no. Wandy as well. No, no, I don't trust. No, Wandy Peralta. Give him the he ball. He hasn't done it before. No, no, he hasn't done it before. That's why Wandy has did, no, did it in the playoffs in last the playoffs, year. Playoffs, yeah. No, yeah. He hasn't had a real role. No, I'm talking about like for a season. We need to see this for a while. We need it's just it's a longevity. Seen Clay do it. We, last least. year, he had a stretch. No, he had a stretch last year. These guys, yeah, but that was like a a, oh. a stretch of two months. Yeah, so that, yeah, so Wani does it. Wani's a closer for two months, and he shuts the door every time. Fantastic. No, no, no. But like I'm saying right now, Wandy is more trustworthy than Clay Holmes. But closing is, in my mind, and closing is a different game than the seventh or the eighth inning. But you got to see. You got to maybe. He I know, does, but I do. Wandy is like no he's... doubt right now better than Clay Holmes. But I, we have to see this guy in that position. And Wandy then I, has, I, he I has nerves him. of steel, man. Do you remember him coming in against Atlanta and throwing like a million change-ups to Freddie Freeman? It was like a 12-pitch at bat, and yeah. he didn't cave, and he didn't go out of the zone, and then he got him to fly out. Do you remember he pitched every single game in that Cleveland series? Five I games. I know. Didn't he was give great. give up a run. Wandy Peralta. Great. I trust that man. If, yeah, he's if we good. need three outs, I want Wandy Peralta out there. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what I, I, I want to see him get a shot. I think he deserves it more than anyone. Um, It would be interesting, you know, because that's like not a typical power pitcher closer, right? That's very like, you know, yeah. like all the closures at baseball. You got a guy like Felix Bautista, Duran, you know, Duval, Dov, uh, Camilla Duval, like all these guys. So it's just like. I don't know. Clay I mean, too, though. Clay's a little closer, but he's a sinker baller, which is not. But he's got some pop of, on. Yeah, but he is—he's one of those like Zach Britton guys who's like always inducing yeah. the ground ball. And Zach Britton was also a really good closer for a while, but um, he was until he no. came to the Yankees. Yeah. Let's get Wandy. Yeah. Let's give Wandy a shot. You know, hopefully, like they, they 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 listen to this and they. Oh, I'm sure they're having inside conversations about this. Surely, I trust him more in that spot than Marinaccio or King. But I could see King being – And I could see King there too. And I love King and I love Ron. It's just like I trust Wandy right now. I yeah, trust I agree. Him. Yep. I tr- I, he hasn't given up a run yet this year, five and two-thirds. So not going well. Real quick, before we move on to the uh, twin series, this Boone ejection, I was still <laughs> sick, so I didn't fully watch it. But I went back and watched the entire thing on MLB TV – and then I watched it from the Cleveland broadcast, which is kind of interesting because they are saying totally different things than what the Yes broadcast was saying. Um, so essentially, Hicks doesn't catch this uh, bloop, which he had several bloops right in front of him uh, 
And then it's called a catch on the field. So he doubles up Ramirez at second. The Guardians don't challenge it, but then it's shown on the board that clearly Hicks didn't catch it. The um, Yankees have also not challenged anything. No challenges have been issued by either manager. The umps just kind of huddle. And then because they huddle, the, uh, the official explanation is because they huddle, once they break the huddle, that's when the challenge timing starts, I guess. And I think rightly Aaron Boone is like furious about this. He's like, no, you can't just give him that much more time, especially because one like huge thing that they've been hitting, right, is faster game and 15 seconds for a challenge. So um, that obviously was not followed, even though the MLB says like, well, no, it's the huddle protocol, which it's like, I'm not sure how familiar people are supposed to be with the huddle protocol, but like that seems like just making excuses for the umps who realized on the big screen that they made the wrong call and then created an, created an out for themselves. Um, and one thing I really loved, one, as ever, Aaron Boone, say what you will about the man. He's a fantastic ejection. He does the thing right. This one was particularly good, and unfortunately, the videos online don't show how good it is because it's not like the full 10 minutes where he keeps going back. He's like been ejected and he's just like hanging out at the lip of the dugout. And then he just keeps going back. He keeps going back because there's always like something else he wants to ask. And then he gets annoyed again, which is just awesome to watch. And my favorite part is at the end, uh, he's he's yelling something and the ump says something. And Aaron Boone just goes, but he didn't challenge. He says he didn't. He says he didn't. And <laughs> I just I really appreciate an angry Aaron Boone. But two, this is the kind of thing that I think a weak team probably uh, rolls over and dies from. Like, this is a tough thing to happen in the first inning. You feel like you're out of the inning, not your best pitcher on the mound. Instead, you lose the run, you give up another run later, and it's just like sort of a punch mm -hmm. in the early goings of the game. And I really like this team coming back and getting the win after yeah, it was it was a pretty bizarre play, and it was clearly a loophole in the rules that I, I don't know. I don't even think it has to be fixed. I think they just blew it um, because the umps weren't even – that huddle wasn't even about the catch. It was about whether the run scored. So then – Right, yeah. Th they're not even talking about that, and then all of a sudden you have extra time. Once it's shown on the board, they're like, oh, maybe, yeah. So it was just a really bizarre thing overall. And uh, no, the like you said, but yeah. Francona said after the game that he didn't even challenge, which right. I don't know how the play was challenged if Francona didn't challenge. Yeah. The manager says he didn't challenge, but somehow. No, it was bizarre. But I, like you said, I love Boone uh, ejections. And it's like some managers, um, like the, the ejection just kind of just happened naturally, but I feel like Boone comes out of the dugout. He knows he's about to get ejected and he just lets it all out. And I love that. Um, I think the players like it too. They always respond well to it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a dumb play. And luckily, like you said, they bounce back well from it. This is why sports are special. You go to a game, you never know what you're going to see. There's something new every time, especially in baseball, something you've never seen before. Right. I mean, Eventually, I mean, you got to get tight. I mean, this is crazy. MLB's got to tighten this shit up. This is wild. I mean, there's got to be like a big brother involved. I'm not a, you know what I mean? Because 
for every sport in a way, but there's no need to get into any detail. You can't be letting this crap happen. You know, it just. Well, this is a point that um that I heard, which was the people in the replay center should have known this isn't reviewable after the 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. So several people dropped the ball in allowing this play to be replayed and overturned, even though they did make the right call. So like the process was so wrong, but like ultimately it was the right call. So, you -hmm. know, I see why Boone is mad. Um, And I like the fashion in which he got mad. Um, Yeah, exactly. No, that's a good point though. Ultimately it did get good. No, I was gonna just gonna say uh, the point that you made it where eventually they it, it did end up being the right call. So like you can't get too upset about it um, yeah. because ultimately he didn't catch it and and it shouldn't have been a double play. So you can't, but Aaron Boone did, and I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, very entertaining. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna move on to the twin series. I don't think we have to talk about game one much. I don't even. No. We even need um, to say anything. The Johnny Burrito game. Yeah. Johnny Brito didn't have it. He might have been tipping. He might have just been not great. Colton Brewer wasn't much better. Got DFA'd after the game. Tough because he was so good in that one Guardians game. Bats just not there. I guess the Except one thing Rizzo. we can talk about. Yep. Shout out Rizzo. <laughs> yep. Two home runs. Uh, Just not a two home run game that you're going to be thinking about anytime soon, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, the one thing I guess we can talk about is how much does this change your confidence in Johnny Brito? I had no confidence with him after the Baltimore game. He could barely throw a strike. The guy got so lucky he didn't give up 30 runs. Not 30, but you know what I mean? But still, like, he he was bailed out. We talked about this last episode. You know, this was like it, you know, it's like the Wall Street of 2008. You know, this thing was about to blow. You know, this was, and it really, oh, my God, emphatic, right? This was what, seven earned runs and not even an inning. It's just like, oh, my goodness. What is with, you know, we... Whenever we have bad first innings, these starters never finish with the Twins. Severino, at least we won that playoff game, right? But um, look, I hope Brito finds a stride, right? It's it's tough though. It's a really tough third start. Yeah, I mean, I was I wasn't expecting Johnny Brito to kind of uh, continue what he was. I think his first two starts were excellent, um, but I didn't expect it to be like this. I mean, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I don't know, maybe we did just find another like Nestor Cortez where just you expect it to kind of drop off and he just keeps performing. But no, it it uh it collapsed in pretty dramatic fashion here. Seven runs and only got two outs. Um, I don't know. And like you said, uh, Rizzo came through, but other than that, only one hit other than Rizzo it was Wolpe. So just an overall frustrating game that uh, I hope we don't have to talk too much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Volpe one was like a seeing eye single too, so uh, not a lot of hard, hard contact. But I actually think I'm on the other side of this one from Gruber. I don't think it changes how I see Brito, and maybe I was higher on Brito in the first place. But like, he looked bad. It happens. He's he's a pitcher who who the rap on him is that he throws strikes right. He floods his own. So if he's off his game, it's going to look ugly. This looked very, very ugly. But, like, I think that some people, just because it's, like, almost as bad as a start can look, some people are getting a little bit out of control about how bad he is or how bad he looks. Like, in the Twins game, we had a graphic that said, like, the Yankees' uh, record and ERA when Cole 
Nestor and Brito were pitching versus when Clark and Herman were pitching. So we were throwing him into the bucket with Nestor and Cole. And do I think that that's where he should be? No. But do I think that we should be like totally tossing him out? No, I still think that in my head, if one starter gets back of Sevi and Redon first, I still think that Brito should probably stick around and Clark should be kicked to the pen. Um, and I think if you think about it from this angle, which is if every single three-game stretch of his career, he's going to have one game where he has his stuff and looks great, one game where he doesn't have his stuff and still pitches well because he pitched well against Baltimore. He didn't look sharp, but he pitched well. And one game where he gets crushed, I'm fine with that as a pitcher. If you're going to give me like 66% like solid, solid starts, I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Hope he does well. Hope he, he has plenty of time to bounce back. I mean, it's not even it's one bad start. Or, I mean, I didn't love the second start, but like still, I mean, you get, it doesn't matter. He still got through five innings and gave up a run. So does it, it was a good start. Bottom line. Yeah, he but... showed you something. Um, should we be pitching IKF more often? Yeah. Wild. Uh, no. I mean, I think it's worth a shot. Scoreless inning. Christ. Um, game two. I was at this game. 4 3 loss. It was so fun until it wasn't. Um, Nestor on the mound looking awesome. Uh, we take Lewis Varland deep. First batter, Volpe, leads it off. Judge, second batter, does the same. And then things were not as fun. Uh, there was a weirdo Stanton home run. Uh, it was really, really fast in person. And uh, Clay Holmes, sort of, uh, it was like what we saw in Cleveland, but worse. He he was leaving him over the plate. He wasn't finding the spots. Blew it. He blew it to Correa, too, which is really unfortunate. And... Uh, Yankees, even though they were winning for seven innings, lose four three. Yeah, this was a, a tough one to swallow. This was like um it feels like they kind of just not unlucky, but like three solo home runs. Uh if any of those had guys on base or whatever, it could go a different route. But uh no, that the beginning of this game was so fun. Um or whenever Volpe and Judge went back to back. I think it was the beginning. Um mm-hmm. but I I mi- so I had missed the Volpe home run. Like I literally stepped outside for like two minutes and then I, I came back and I see him like rounding third. And so I rewind it and I watched the home run and then I, uh, and then I fast forwarded and I misjudged the home run. Like I tried to catch up live and then I missed it. So then I had to go back. Um, it was, it was really fun though, seeing everyone's reactions and judge hugging Volpe in the in the dugout. It was, it was just awesome to see. But overall, the game uh, was a gut punch, and uh, and it happens. And we fell down 0-2 in the series to the Twins, which is, like, unheard of. So I started to get concerned. Uh, we'll talk about the next two, but... Um, the injury uh, rebel Twins. The yeah, injury. exactly. This is, I mean, do you think we're injured? They're injured even more, you know? Like, forget, you know what I mean? They're lying. This is, like, psychotic. I mean, um, but I'm not... It's going to happen, right? If we have a sucky closer, we're going to blow games. So, um, can't shut the door. Can't you're going to lose? It's a, so there was some uh, some Twitter like uh, questioning of Boone here bringing in Holmes to face yeah. uh, the top of the order there in the eighth. He did the right, there was the right move. It was the right move. Yeah, I agree. I 
I think the place to argue that move actually would be should Clay be that guy instead of should you be bringing that guy in in the eighth? It's like more like is Clay the person we want facing their best hitters, not are we trying to bring in our our top guy for their best hitters? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you obviously want to have – I think it's a very sort of outdated thinking to say you need your closer to always pitch the ninth. If your closer is your best reliever – and they have the Buxton and Correa section of their lineup, then just have your closer pitch to them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, though, Clay not looking as good as he uh, sometimes does. And this was, it was, it's sometimes hard to see like how people look in person, um, just in terms of pitching. Like when you're watching on TV, you have a very good view of how their pitches look. In person, not always. Um, it was very easy to tell that Clay didn't have it in person, like very low confidence. Um, and, you know, it mm-hmm. sucks, especially that Correa is the guy who like, who places that final dagger in. Uh, but, you know, that's the season. And, um, and hopefully we start like giving some other people some chances because I actually think Clay can be a weapon. I just think that maybe, we want to give the Wandies, the Rons, if King is is finding at the Kings, some of these like really high leverage or highest leverage uh, situations instead. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. The um, the one uh, thing I want to focus on that's positive, apart from Volpe home run, which is awesome. Vibes are so good. Judge home run, awesome. Vibes so good. Stan home run, awesome vibe, so good. Nestor, seven innings, two runs. It was said by somebody on this podcast that Nestor had to give length. Jacob Gruber, how do you Dude, feel about Nestor? Dude, I was going crazy. I love Nestor. Dude, he's my dude. Right now, he's probably my favorite Yankee. Seriously, I mean, like it's just like the guy is the most delightful player on our team. I mean, we have a lot of. Fortunately, we have a lot of those players, but like he by far. He just, I mean, he is a fan favorite and the guy gets it done every, like, look at this adversity. The guy had, he was in the toilet. His career was, you know, he, he invented him. He reinvented himself. That is the American dream. This is a, <laughs> so it's, it's amazing. And uh, his continued success is what we all hope for. I mean, he, imagine when Rodon's back, imagine when Severino's back, dude, we have four fantastic starters in Herman, you know, um, and we'll probably get a fifth. I mean, no one cash at the deadline. We'll probably add two or three more. <laughs> so you know, wouldn't hate it. Yeah, it's great. We like, love Nestor. Yeah. Um, the other thing, quick shout out. All these a stars. lot of, I think it was like two or three, uh, uh, ground balls to IKF that he turned into like very sleek, clean, um, just like well, well engineered uh, double plays from IKF. So hey, he's a third baseman. We got to give him props where we can because it's just so sad. I feel should so never bad. Leave the roster. He, that's my hottest take. Like the guy is so versatile, and we have two guys like him and Oswaldo. Just keep these freaking guys on the rot. He's gonna be fine. Like just he, he's not gonna. I'm not at, he should never leave the roster, but I do kind of agree that he. We can be a really good team with him as a utility guy. I think, um, and I just like, it's so he gets so much more hate than he deserves. So shout yeah. out IKF for your double plays. Yep, yeah, he really is over nice here. Job. 
All right, game three. This is where we turn things around. 6-1 win. Domingo Herman on the mound. Uh, this was as good as we've seen Herman. Uh, he was dealing. He was perfect through five. Um, he had 11 strikeouts. Um, things were fantastic. In the middle of the game, there was that controversy, which we'll talk about at the end with the umps and the rosin, and, and it's so overblown and stupid. But it doesn't matter because after that, Herman was still really good. The one earned run he gave up was an inherited, uh, or was one that King inherited, and he led up technically, but it goes to Herman. Um, LeMahieu was back in the lineup after that stretch I was talking about where he missed four or five. Uh, he looked good. He had an RBI single. Higgy with a home run. Higgy, Higgy's hitting the ball. Higgy's hitting the ball right now. Um, he's not getting a lot of hits, but he's hitting the ball well. Um, and uh, Rizzo, I think, also had a home run. Um, yep. So nice game, sort of a get-right game. What uh, stuck out to you, OJ? Definitely. I mean, Herman, how can you not? You don't want to overlook that. 11 strikeouts for anybody is is... Super impressive, especially only in six, six and a third. That's like, that's some pretty crazy numbers. And he always, I feel like he always has one of these starts every season. Uh, but it, it was fun. I mean, yeah. And and Michael King came in after him and and pitched two two and two thirds as well. No runs given up. So <clears throat> overall, good day from the from the pitching side. And then, of course, hitting Rizzo with continued to be hot. And then. Uh, also, I I really wanted to point out Volpe three stolen bases in this game. That was uh, I love to see that. Like, um, I think I mentioned it on previous podcasts, but I feel like we haven't had this speed in 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 the Yankees lineup in a while, and it's it's just so fun. Like every time he's on base, it's you got to really pay attention and watch his leads and watch uh, his jumps. So it's really fun. Um, overall, great partner. Yeah, yeah, true, Gardner. Um. But yeah, they overall, didn't really let him steal the. It's like exactly he had on base, but they he didn't let him in one. He led it one year. He had like the most. He had like forty something one year, and then yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, but that was like in the in like the early 2011. Like, right. I'm pretty sure Gardner had like stealing speed through like the end of his career, but just like the way the Yankees were playing baseball at that time, they were like not feeling stealing anymore, which is a bummer because stealing's fun. And I mean Harrison Bader is that guy, but we haven't really had the Bader experience yet. We had, like, a taste of Bader last year, so I agree. This is, like, the first time since, like, young Guardy or Jacoby Ellsbury that we've had someone like this. Mm-hmm. Very excited. I love look, I love the stolen base, and if Volpe could be, like, a 20, at least a 20 home runs, 40 stolen bases, freaking amazing, right? Uh, I mean, looking at, I mean, Ellsbury stole, like, 20. He had 39 one year, the first year. I mean, we had then he had 20, 20, and 20. It's so, like, you know, it's weird. If you think, like, Ellsbury and Gardner are playing this year, they're both getting 50 stolen bases if you're going back. Not now, not at their current age, of course. But, like, I wouldn't put it past Gardner to get 50 stolen bases. No. But the way the league is shifting, if you're looking at the stolen, like, the way it's shifting this year, there are more stolen bases than home runs now, I think. That wasn't a thing. You know, this is yeah, this is good. You're getting, we're getting back to small ball. We're moving everybody. You know, Glaber can't steal a base for his life, but um, I don't think I think he should be. He's not fast and he's a jump star and create. I mean, the guy, I mean, you can't be five for it. I mean, five for eight's not good. He enough. does, he does have a handful, so yeah. he can steal a base for his life. He just, but I think they were on double steals, too many, steals, right? Yeah. They were on double steals or no, just one, not. just one, but still, that's not good. So then that's like four for, so he's thrown out three times. That's 
can't make yep. the errors on the base path. But you know, the only thing that's really concerned, I mean, like the Glaber though, there, yeah. credit where uh credit Glaber, mm-hmm. he only steals when we're up. That's fair. Well, I mean, if he does it with a I don't know if it's a sign or if he just goes on his own. I mean, he probably at this point can go on his own, but I'm sure Volpe is not allowed to go on his own right now. But Cordero's got to get walked, man. He has one walk this year. This is not good. Look at the yeah. look at this. This is like that's the one really concerning thing for not Cordero. I'm sorry. Um Cabrera. Like he's got to get walked. I mean, this is he's he was getting walks last year. This is not like I know like eventually the walks come, but like he's got to relax. He, he shouldn't be so aggressive and then the and then the average and the power will go up. That's what I think. But the way yeah, that's you know, an interesting was, observation. Yeah. That's just looking at his stats one walk this year. I mean, he had like 14 and a finite number of games, but that's just like one walk to 15 strikeouts. Um, the 15 strikeouts, I mean, he should be down a little bit, but yeah, I think that will happen. I think this is actually like if I had to do like big week player, like I think Oswaldo is going to break out this week. Um, have a like not just have like two good games a week and then three or four pretty bad like 0 for fours or one for fives. He's going to have like, I think he's going to have a torrid week. I really do. Love it. Um, um, I could see it. I think he he has a real good way about him in terms of he doesn't seem phased. He doesn't seem like when he's not playing well, it gets to him. He doesn't seem like the situation, the pitcher he faces, like he's facing Class A in the ninth. He doesn't seem phased by any of that. The thing I do think I've noticed about him is he's better against um, the pitchers who kind of you know what they're bringing so like you know the class a is bringing that like electric cutter and that's like his main pitch so he just sort of focuses in on that Mm -hmm. and then he can he can find a way to hit it when it's like these pitchers who have more variance where like their fastball hits like the hundreds but then their breaking stuff is like in the low 80s high 70s like that really sort of has him on skates a little bit so that's kind of what I think he has to work on at the plate. He'll be fine. He'll be yeah. fine. He's shown that um, he can do it. Yeah. The Volpe stuff, I um three steals is awesome. And the steal of third, even though it wasn't like we really needed third, really got me going. It was really exciting. But the thing that sticks out for me is he's walking. He's walking again. And in that first series against the Giants, he had a couple walks. And then when he was struggling, like in Baltimore and stuff, he just like he wasn't really walking as much. He was he was expanding the zone a little bit. The walks were there again. And in this game, he had a hit. He had two walks. So that's really the key for if we want Volpe to be a future leadoff guy, he has to get on base and he has to walk, especially right now, because I don't think we can expect for him to hit 300 in his rookie year. So for him to be getting on base at the level that we need him to for him to lead off over someone like LeMahieu. He's got to walk, and he's been doing that a lot better recently. Um, and then quickly to Herman, I'm glad you said this because he does do this every year. He goes like four to five perfect innings every single year, and I still think this was the best uh, near perfect, not near perfect, but like the best like, whoa, Herman's perfect so far sort of game because – it was like a ruthlessly efficient strikeout game. Like he was, he was in the seventies in the sixth inning, and he had eleven strikeouts. Like that's wild. Um, and it's that curveball. Like when he's getting those swings and misses, locating his curveball, he's he's really hard to hit. 
and it's just about finding that consistency with him. Um, real quick, the Herman incident with the ump essentially boils down to he was using rosin from the dugout that was uh, surprising to the umps because they weren't seeing him use the rosin on the mound. It was not a foreign substance, but they told him to wash his hands. He did, but then he put more rosin on his hands, I guess. They said there was like a little too much rosin on his pinky. Um, so they first told him to wash his hands at the end of the third. He comes out for the fourth. He has rosin on his pinky. It's so stupid that this is a big thing because <laughs> Twins Twitter, I'm sorry to our Twins friends, friend, I guess. Um, Twins Twitter is being so whiny about this. It's ridiculous. Herman's curveball spin rate was down and his fastball spin rate was slightly up. His his rates are totally in line and his rates got lower as the game went on because that's what happens as games go on. Your spin rate drops as your arm gets tired. Um, I think there's no reason to think that Herman, he's not going to do this that many times, but he can't give us like five to six solid uh, more swing and miss stuff and uh, the spin rate or the rosin or whatever, the the controversy is like a big nothing burger. And it's very frustrating that uh, that Twins fans are stealing this very, very dominant performance to whine and complain because the team that always beats them found a way to beat them again. Yep, it's low-hanging fruit. And like, uh, I don't know, it was... It's they'll always find something to whine about. Everyone hates the Yankees as they should, but uh, it was it was a great performance. And I, like you said, I hope that we get more than one of these this season. Uh, that was super fun to just see Herman with the dominant stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a non-story. I mean, he should have just not done it again. I mean, that wasn't smart, but you know, wasn't was it ethical? No, was it illegal? No, I, you know, also no. So it's fine. You know what I mean. The other um, thing is Rocco is just nowhere near Boone in terms of ejection game. Like I was I was waiting for him to turn a switch that made it like even competitive, but it's just not like that's not that's not an ejection performance. Like watch the Cleveland tape, Rocco, and take yeah. notes because that's how you get ejected. That's how you exactly. get ejected. Yeah. Um should we head to game four? This is my game favorite four. game. Yeah, continue the pitching dominance. Shut up. This was so fun. Game four, this is to keep the Yankees streak of not yet losing a series alive. Only team in the MLB, in MLB, not the MLB. Um, the only team in MLB Sounds to so have bad. that streak. Pablo Lopez versus Garrett Cole. This is a great pitching matchup. And Garrett Cole pitches the game of the season thus far. One of the best games we've seen him pitch as a New York Yankee. Probably one of the best games he's pitched in his professional career. Nine innings, 109 pitches, two hits, no runs, one walk, 10 Ks, complete game, shutout, beautiful. All the runs coming courtesy of DJ LeMahieu, an RBI single to bring in Volpe, a solo home run, single in the third, home run in the sixth. This was a beautiful, beautiful game. Great way to spend a Sunday is watching Garrett Cole just absolutely shove. And uh, and it's fun to watch LeMahieu be a professional as well. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole is that dude. He's like, he's in a different mindset right now. And it's kind of what we saw, I think, his last season with the Astros. And uh, and when when we signed him, 
we kind of, I don't know, a lot of people, yeah, this is where the hate kind of stems from, I think, where he didn't quite live up to that season. But right now he is, and he is like so fun to watch. It's appointment television. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a two-man game. Two guys won us this game, uh, DJ and Cole. So shout out. And uh, no, it's really good to see DJ swinging the bat like this. The homer was was really good. And uh, Volpe, another stolen base. So it's another check on his uh, on his resume. But this was the Garrett Cole game for sure. Yeah, he's on his way to a Cy Young. That'd be freaking awesome. I mean, this is uh, this is what you pay a pitcher all that money for. Um, this is what we didn't have in 2019. This is what we didn't have in 2018 or 17. This is this is the guy. Give him the ball. He pitches every fifth day, and he's not. Also, he's not just throwing it in there. He's not Logan Webb, who's that? Who's good? But like this guy is Garrett freaking Cole. Like he's 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 unfreaking believable. I mean this this is this is outstanding stuff against uh you know in a ballpark that's prone to home runs, prone to hit. You know what I mean? This is a weird. This is not a pitcher's ballpark, and the guy. This is his hometown team. I mean, this is a type of ballpark. You hit a pop fly to right, it gets out, right? Look at, you know, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter when you strike that. everyone out, though. Exactly. No, and Cole's the guy, who, and he's limiting the home runs this year. This is everything he's learning. He's adapting. Everything's going well for this guy. Um, you know, How many home runs do you think Cole's given up this year? I bet zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero home runs. I, I, I mean, I've seen, I feel like I, for some, luckily the stars have lined. I've seen every Cole start. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't recall any home runs. Is this zeros? It's crazy. Zero. Yeah, he hasn't grown up. Herman went. Herman went five perfect in game three. Yeah. Cole went four and two thirds perfect, or uh, no hit. He had a walk. Um, he went four and two thirds no hit, and he just like had that a stuff that I thought he might do it. Eventually, it was Donovan Solano, Loki so contact God who uh who got him, but. I don't know. I think I think this is this is really good. And obviously he's not going to keep a sub 1 ERA for the year. But this feels like the beginning of what could be a really special Cole year. And he looks different. He looks one he's he's pitching as well as he's pitched, but he looks happy. He's like smiling on the it's field. It's the like, short hair, I think. Maybe it is. I think like, it's the pitch clock. <laughs> this is as smiley as Cole has ever been. And apparently he said in the press, like some things about like trying to not let small things bother him. And it's working like there was, I forget who hit it, but someone hit like a fly ball to right. And Oswaldo took like a very extreme jump, the kind of jump that you might take if it's a home run or if you're trying to like rob it. And this like fell like towards the warning track and Cole's watching it. And he just kind of like smiling and laughing like that's not typical Garrett Cole behavior it's not like psycho Garrett Cole behavior and I love psycho Garrett Cole but I also love like chill smiling laughing Garrett Cole too like maybe it's like the kids maybe it's he's the pitch more clock. comfortable it's the pitch maybe clock. it's the pitch clock like, regimen guy the guy to overthink was, things he wanted to stab Billy Crystal in the face when he went <laughs> over like the, I, I and I get it I I'm the same way when I have a big thing coming up I need you need when this guy when you're getting onto the mound when you're about you're in front of 50,000 people and you're you're getting paid all this money. You have all the pressure in the world. This is not an easy sport. You you would need to prove it every time you get out there. You have to prove it. You know this is not every, not just him. It's every player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's quirky. He's a weird dude. You know what I mean? Very. Like, he's more of a weirdo than Stanton. You know what I mean? And the pitch clock for some people. It's a personality, but in terms yeah. of skill, Stanton's the weirdest. 
<laughs> this is the, yeah, but the pitch clock's really helping him. I mean, but like not to say that you know, what I mean, this guy, a pitch clock is gonna should help a lot of pitchers, right? You just you bang, 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 get the strikes in the heat. He, there's a t- it's perfect. It's like it's like a, it's a what a conveyor belt, you know, Ford Motors. Yeah, and I was getting back to this game. I was really happy to see uh, Boone kind of let him get out the get out there for the ninth. I thought. In the back of my mind, I, I was a little nervous that he was going to pull him there. You know, it, it's kind of early in the season, still, still trying to ramp up. But uh, no, I was super pumped when I when I saw on Twitter that he was warming up in the or no one was warming up in the ninth. So, uh, so shout out Gary Cole on his way to the Cy Young. We love watching you pitch. Keep it up. Totally agree. Props to Boone, and also like a part of that is Clay Holmes not looking so good, but he would have been the guy, and. The last thing you want is for Garrett Cole to be near perfect for eight innings, and then Clay Holmes comes in and 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 fumbles it. And Boone actually with Cole, I think he does a pretty good job of of taking him out when he should and letting him roll when he should. And um, yeah, and this was for sure a game to let him roll, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the one thing I think we should talk about in this game, as you mentioned, Volpe leading off. Um, LeMahieu hitting five with no Stanton in the lineup. I don't know how to feel about this because on one hand, I like Volpe and his speed, and I like it at the top of the order. On the other hand, Volpe I don't think is going to get on base nearly as much as LeMahieu. LeMahieu is playing well, and I think that giving Volpe that many more at-bats than LeMahieu, and honestly, like... Giving most people, I don't think I want Glaber having more at bats than DJ. I don't even know if I want Rizzo having more at bats than DJ. Like, you want to take advantage of having a player who can who can walk and hit as frequently as DJ can. And I think having him fifth is maybe not the best use of it. But also, you bring him up in more RBI situations. So I'm a little bit torn. I think uh, it's not really worth um, the at bats you would lose but i'm not like set on that i know they they like judging the two spot but with the stand now i kind of like volpe dj then judge then rizzo i mean that seems like lemayhew's kind of that typical or prior to the analytics view where that like yeah. you say put your best hitter too i think lemayhew is like a really good two hitter you know you hope volpe gets on and then dj comes on with runners on base whereas uh I don't know. Hope you know. I, I envision Volpe single, Volpe steal second, DJ RBI single. Start off the game, and then you got Aaron Judge coming up. So like, I don't know. Yeah, I like that too. I also like. I'm not sure they give Volpe as many steal situations if Judge is up. So Volpe right. single, Volpe walk. Is he gonna steal uh, second there with Judge up? I don't know. It's a big sure. concern. It's a big concern, but he hasn't been thrown out yet. <laughs> yeah. No, but, no, no. He hasn't but, been thrown out. I just. But it's I so stupid. Him, You're right. You get I him, want him running him. as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Base it up the middle, throwing out the next pitch. Been judges up. So I, that's the thing. That's the one thing that I, if I was Boone, I wouldn't. I wouldn't run Volpe most of the time. I'd say eighty percent. I'd leave him back. It because Judge is so freaking. He's the best player in the in the world. So right. But that's why I'm not sure I want him. Hitting well, that's why I never. Yeah. I don't want him either. I don't think I really yeah. want him batting lead up. But I would have a whole different lineup. You know what I mean? So it's stupid. You know what I mean? That's the maybe we should Rizzo, do that next. Rizzo's episode, leading off how my we would lineup. Do that. Oh, we should definitely have that next episode then because I want to see that lineup. Rizzo's unbelievable. We have not talked enough about him. Rizzo is so good. 
Rizzo yeah, Silver you want, Rizzo is so he's a good. He's lefty bat. You want that to break up the righties, don't nah, you? No, no, no. Rizzo's our leadoff. And we have Volpe. We have Volpe eight, nine. Volpe's nine. You're like the number one guy about lefties, but you don't want him breaking up the righties in the middle? No. Not Ooh, anymore. Interesting. No, we have we save it for next episode. Stanton's gone, dude. Stanton's injured. Well, so this is the other thing, right? Stanton's injured, and Donaldson is coming back. I think they've shown time and time again that they're not. I've talked about it a bunch of times, and we've only had six episodes. Like they want Donaldson hitting five, and they don't care that he's bad. He's just going to hit five. So that's why I think that ultimately DJ goes back to one because they see uh, JD. I don't even want to call him JD because that makes it seem like we're friends. Like they see Donaldson as yeah. like another bat who can drive runs in. And it's just like, it's totally removed from who Josh Donaldson is. Maybe judge to lead off. 2023. They did that a little bit last year. Too, I know. Like, I just think like when Donaldson's back, then they'll do Glaber four and it'll mm-hmm. be LeMahieu, judge Rizzo, Glaber Donaldson, because Donaldson is like the he's the Teflon five hitter for some reason. Like, um, not for long, man. Not for long. He's he's two. I hope. I hope not. But like, I don't know. He was he was struggling last year, man. And I mean, he was there like the vast majority of the time. So I don't know. But I do think the other thing is I think that this wasn't so much of a we want Volpe hitting first as much as uh with no Stanton we want two people who we feel like are like the run or the RBI guys in four or five. And that was Glaber and DJ, I guess. But I still think, I don't know. I still I, think I agree with you at the top. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So then, I mean, the one more thing I want to talk about before we get off is the bench. The bench is a problem. Um. There's, there's IKF who's a bench player, I guess. And then there's this weird, like, group of outfielders, which is Hicks, Franchi, and um, and Willie Calhoun. Now, Franchi is has played well, but I'm not sure he's the answer. And I don't know how you can, like, so we have Peraza technically on the roster now. I don't think he's gonna play. I think he'll be sent down right away when JD gets back, and. I don't know how long you can go forward with this weird like cocktail of of Calhoun and Hicks and Franchi. And when Bader gets back, I guess Calhoun probably leaves. But like then you're left with really no usable players on the bench. Like the thing that I keep thinking is you need skills off the bench. So like you need someone who's a defensive replacement. You need someone who's a bat against lefties. You need like someone who's fast, right? I don't feel like our bench players really bring, I guess there's IKF who brings some speed and versatility, right? But like, what is the rest of our bench bringing to the table? I feel like nothing. No, I agree. I don't like this bench at all. And I, I'm kind of anticipating the trade deadline. Maybe we could get another outfield bet, but I don't even want to wait till then. Like I hope Cashman does something yeah. soon. Um, Because like you said, the three outfield bench spots, it's like, it's almost they're all the same person. They just like are decent hitters, and that's all they bring. A lot, probably below average hitters, actually, but yeah. they just bring nothing to the table. It's like it's just an automatic out or like a lame rollover ground out, and just roll your eyes. So now they get they got to address it. Yeah, 
mean, we have like uh, our catchers can't really hit. We have we have a lot of it. I mean, but that's like but that means when you don't have when you don't have a reliable catchers with a bat, right? You gotta mm-hmm. have people who can pinch it for them, right? You gotta have people who can. You that's know, a good point. Yeah, you can, and, I and do you, I trust Franchi versus Righty right now a little bit for a home run, but I don't trust yeah. him to get a base hit. Maybe I, a extra a double in the gap or a home run. Well, to Franchi's credit, yeah. he actually he got a hit late in the game against um the Twins in the game that Clay blew, and then Oswaldo hit into a double play. But yeah. I do agree. Now. Like, I think if you think about like Hicks and Calhoun, like, do you really want to pinch hit them for Trevi no. and Higgy at the end of games? No. Like, no. And then Hicks and Calhoun aren't fast. So hypothetically, yeah. are you pinch hitting them and then immediately pinch running them with an IKF? Like, is that it's a terrible use of the bench? And and I don't know. You got to have people with specific skills on the bench and it feels like we have like a bunch of a bunch of like c's it's like their c's in everything and it's preferable to have like someone who's an a in one thing and then like a c or a d in everything else um right right that's my thing about the bench yeah it's tough man i'd rather i'd rather have floor we all i think we both would we all all three of us would floreal over uh I know it's not me. They had to add him to the court. It's just it's stupid. But like they didn't no, they, they take, made the decision. They already made the decision. It's gone. Yeah, no, I would take Florial though because, because he's I mean, a better defender and he's DSA a lot faster. Yeah. Yep. So he's Going a back up to the forty. He's more of an asset. Um, what would that do with that, the Sixers' salary if they DFA'd him? Oh, they, so like they would just pay him the money, right? It's yeah, you still have to pay him. Or yeah. that would suck for Hicks. I don't really care. Poor guy. But like you know, but I mean, like, it wouldn't they suck do that it. much. He'd be given thirty million dollars. Do Our nothing. team would improve yeah. right now if we DFA'd Hicks and we brought up Florial and we and we put him on the forty for him. But we it would instantly improve. Because now agree. you have speed. You have. And I'm not speed. even saying that Hicks is a worse hitter. He's a better hitter than Florial. It's just like the role that he's playing on this team. Florial is better suited to be a bench outfielder who's who's in a rotation with. With um yeah, Cordero. The Cashers never leaving the Mets, by the way. I know, right? They I love just, them. I would love it if everybody could see the value of Tim LaCastro. We all just, do. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the world. The world <laughs> should see the value of Tim LaCastro. He's it hurts. He's even a hit. He's so like he's like, so valuable. He's the no hits. It's crazy. And he was he was ours. <laughs> yeah. he was ours. Um. Yeah. So, on that note, I guess we'll wrap it up. The Yankees have an Angels series and a Blue Jays series, both at home, I think. Um, so, we'll be back next Sunday to talk about those. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at SSTN Pod. Uh, you can find OJ at Jaco Jalvo Gruber, at Gruber 12 and me at D underscore Mart 97. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.